You're listening to episode one of season six of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, the gender meritocracy. Hi, I'm Diana Larson. And I'm Sharon Buckmaster. Together, Sharon and I are the founders of FutureWorks Consulting. Now in our sixth series of podcasts about leadership and organization development and change. Welcome to our first podcast of the season. Diana and I are sitting here and catching up about what's been going on the last uh, couple of weeks. And Diana, I know you had um, a big success with your talk at the Agile Conference. And that we're going to talk about that in a separate podcast. But I today I wanted to ask you about some of the feedback that you got um, during the conference from women who were, and and perhaps some men, I'm not sure, who were raising some issues about um, uh, the difficulties, some of the dilemmas that women are experiencing in the technical workspace. And Mm -hmm. so fill me in, would you? Well, it it was interesting. Um, In the, later in the day, on the day I gave my, my keynote, later in the day, I was walking by the um, Open Jam area, which at the Agile conferences, uh, where people can get together to just spontaneously suggest topics. And it turned out there was a group of women there who were talking about, the, had posted a topic, Women in Agile. Mm-hmm. And when I first, and I sat down not too long after they had gotten started and when I first sat down there were I think about eight people there and over the next 20 minutes half an hour that group grew to probably more than two dozen really yes wow and and people just kind of kept coming in and kept coming in um the there were a few men who came, mm-hmm. and um, at one point, <laughs> uh, at one point, somebody said to one of the men, "Oh, thank you for coming here and showing your support." And he said, "Don't thank me. I've got a daughter. Wow, I'm really interested in this. Uh-huh. You know, I uh-huh. I have a I have a, a vested interest in right. what's going on right. here." And so it was a it was a really interesting group. Um, it was a combination of a few women like me and um, Johanna Rothman and Michelle Sliger, who have been who have had these conversations in previous years, sure, sure, <laughs> and through you know the last couple decades of our lives, maybe, <laughs> right? And younger women who were really new, and not even always younger women, but women who had just really not thought about. Um, issues about why are we treated differently in the workplace and so on. I I am pleased to say that this is the first year that the Agile Alliance has been very um, overt about the fact that they have an anti-harassment policy. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, um, I think it's a very well-written policy, mm-hmm. very broad mm-hmm. and very inclusive mm-hmm. in the sense of just wanting to make a conference that's safe for everybody and uh-huh. where everyone can feel uh-huh. comfortable. Right. And um, and so I think that kind of set... I mean, I'm not even sure every woman in that 
conversation was aware of that policy, but I do think it set a tone, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And so the there were lots of interesting issues, lots of the same old um, things that we've always heard came up in terms of, oh, well, they mean well, or, you know, what do we do? Or, oh, I just have learned that I just have to pretend I'm one of the guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of those kinds of very familiar kind of old tropes around what does it mean to have an inclusive workplace where women feel comfortable. And the point was brought up that um, when we're working in an agile kind of way, highly collaborative, um, team-based, really wanting to be responsive to the customer, that for many women, not all, but for many women, that's much more the way they want to work anyway. Right. And so we do have a much higher proportion of women who show up at Agile conferences than any other technical conferences I go to. Right. By a long way. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, And as we went on, um, or as as word got out that this, this event, this open jam session had happened, there were more and more conversations. And I did have people coming up to me. A number of folks um, reminded me of the session that you and I did, I think it was in 2009 in <laughs> Chicago. Wow, that seems like a lifetime I ago. Know, I, I practically five, forgotten yeah, that. Five, five years ago wow. in Chicago, we pre- uh, we presented a session on... Um, gender intelligence uh-huh. and uh, based on a book that we were both reading at the time and and some of our experiences. Yeah, that, that book was um, Leadership and the Sexes right. um, by, um, let's see, um, Barbara Annis, A-N-N-I-S, and um, Michael, Michael Gurian, I think yeah. is his name. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And some of what was, I mean, that book was really popular, made a kind of a splash for a little while. Right. But some of what was in there in terms of the neuroscience, mm-hmm. it has been a little bit debunked as being overstated. Yeah. But in general, it was yeah. pretty interesting stuff. And yeah. we, so we talked about what was in that book, and we also talked about what else is known about how men and women often have different styles in the workplace and how you help those work together. And um, and that was, a, it was a, a well-attended session, but I also think it was a little ahead of its time. And so I had a number of folks who came up to me who remembered that session mm-hmm. and who said, you know, it's time to bring that stuff back. Wow. And, um, you know, I, we think the community is more ready to hear that now. And, of course, there's been so much in the, in the technical world. There has been so much discussion um, about some very high-profile um, instances of gender inequality and the whole idea that the Silicon Valley in particular is kind of rife with this programmer culture, yeah. which is not inclusive to women and yeah. actually objectifies women. And yeah. and more and more conferences are feeling as though they really do need to make these policy statements about uh, what they will and what will not tolerate in terms of behavior because 
a lot of folks don't just seem to get it on their own. They need to have something more explicit told to them about how they could behave. And, and so, I'm also seeing more um, blog posts and articles and just statements from men like the guy who attended the Open Jam session who's saying, you know, this is, this is a concern of mine. I want to work in a more diverse workplace. I know that's going to be better for the work. I, I want to create a world in which my daughter can do whatever she right. wants. Um, and all of those kinds of things. And, and really talking about ways that men can partner with women to create more inclusive workplaces. Mm -hmm. So it's a really interesting, um, I think, groundswell that's happening. You know, and hope will, I hope will continue through the next few years anyway. Well, that really is interesting because in, in a way... Um, you know, I, I sort of almost gave up um, because I, I kind of felt like <laughs> this was falling on deaf ears. But, um, right. you know, a lot of what you described are, is sort of the same as mm -hmm. we've heard before. I'm curious about what you heard that was different, mm -hmm. perhaps, in terms of the women's experience of... I mean, did you... Did you hear about gender inequality occurring in some different ways than, or well, is it pretty much same old, same old? Um, in some ways it's same old, same old, but in other ways, I, in other ways I think there are some differences. Okay, so. Um, one difference is I think for a long time you would not have seen a session like this in Open Jam. Um, that... They're just, I mean, women kind of talk to each other about this in corners, but wouldn't be public about it. This was right out in the middle of the conference where anybody walking by could see that this conversation was going on. Now, I have seen things like that happen in smaller kind of open mm -hmm. space conferences mm -hmm. where everybody knows each other and it feels more safe, mm -hmm. um, to a degree at least yeah. more safe. yeah. You know, here, that it was a, you could say it was a risky thing to do. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. Um, the other thing is a lot of what we're hearing is, um, I think there's been this assumption around, you know, that people in software are relatively well. Evolved. It, well, at least well educated. <laughs> yeah. Whether, whether they're self you know, whether yeah. autodidacts or yeah. they are, or, you know, they have advanced degrees or whatever, but that, that, you know, people who are involved in software development work is really learning work and knowledge work and they're knowledge workers. And then there's been this assumption, I think, that, um, well, there's this assumption of what they call the meritocracy. You know, mm -hmm. we make the money we make. We've gotten to where we are because we're just smarter and better, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and I think what's happening is, you know, what women are complaining about is behavior that's no better than what people might expect from a construction crew walking by. You know, mm -hmm. the same kind of equivalence of the cat calling and mm -hmm. the, 
you know, and and I think there has been just sort of an assumption of, well, where I'm working, it's this way, but it, that's a that's an isolated incident, right? Um, the rest of people in this technical world must be behaving better because they're uh, better educated, and they're, you mm. know, that is this meritocracy where people have had to rise to where they are, and that's really being challenged a lot. And so, you know, and I don't I actually don't want to. St- I'm trying to figure out how to say this without stereotyping other groups, but. Um, you know, you it you there there's behavior happening that's that's really bad. I mean, like women who become prominent, um, especially younger women who become prominent are it's it's a it's a courageous thing for a woman to decide to stand out, to you know to have a blog or speak or um, any of those things. Because she is saying, I am, I'm putting myself out there and I know I'm going to get death threats. I'm going to get rape threats. I'm going to, you know, I mean, really horrible things are happening. My bosses are going to assume things that they shouldn't necessarily be assumed. I, if I drink, I'm, who knows what's going to happen. Um, just, just a lot of that. Hmm. And... And you know it's it's gotten bad, and to really publicly acknowledge that hmm. is interesting. And I and I think you know to a very great extent, people don't have the tools to know how to work together. Um, I mean, there are there are some. You know, I mean, luckily, I feel like somehow or another, I'm old enough that I haven't, you know, I don't experience that. But I know the younger women do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I had an interesting experience yesterday. Um, My niece is visiting, Mm -hmm. and she had her four kids. And her oldest son, who's 13 and is just a very, very bright kid and and very sassy in his own way, um, we were joking around, and for some reason he was holding his hands up. And I looked at him and I said, BJ... You have such soft hands. I mean, the skin is so soft, and there's not a mark on them. You know, they practically look like a girl's hands. And he said, Aunt Sharon, I'm just, I'm just surprised at you. That is so sexist. And I thought, wow. I mean, now that is, a, is, a, is an awareness that it, it, when I was in school, no 13-year-old boy would have. For for him to call me on that, and it, and it, I didn't mean it as a sexist thing. I just meant it as his hands were. I mean, he's obviously never done a hard day's labor in his life, you know. And that's I was kind of joking, but but I just it made me wonder um, at what point now, you know. I know that the schools. I know that that. The, the uh, culturally in colleges and stuff, there are, there is much more of an effort being made to to make people aware of this, and yet, um, 
rape on college campuses is rampant and you know the numbers are higher than ever so are people reporting more rapes or is it happening more um you know i haven't looked at the statistics lately about you know harassment cases or um what's happening you know in work environments that at least you know you can absolutely say this was you know beyond the pale so um it's hard to know as a culture where we are with this right now and whether what people are reporting in this, you know, like the group you were talking to, is really um, something that is more specific to the technology sector or happening in lots of other places as well. Uh, well, I think the part of it that's specific to the technology culture, and particularly software uh, in general, is that it has it has come along with a sense of entitlement. You know, I mean, it, new entitlement. I mean, there's always been the sort of, I'm a white, six-foot, American male, and therefore the world owes me homage. Right, <laughs> right, and we've been right. used to that. Right, for right, a right, long right, time. right, right. <laughs> but and it seems like that has been even amplified in in this um, in this culture where people think, well, and I got to where I am because I'm so damn smart, and I'm and really smarter than everybody else. Right. Well, so, you know, that so re- I even have an enhanced sense of entitlement. Well, you know, that reminds me of the, um, that, that joke about George Bush thinking that right. you know, he was able to get to Yale because he really deserved to go to Yale. Right. Um, and, you know, Ann Richards pointed out, you know, that, that uh, Ann Richards, who was the former mm-hmm. governor of Texas, God, would I have liked to know her. She yeah. must have been a hoot and a half. You know, yeah. but she, she pointed out that, you know, he was born basically, you know, with such a life of privilege that, you know, he was already on It would third. have been a shock. Right, <laughs> he was already on what was second or third base. And I mean, how hard was it to get to home, really? Right, right. You know, but that certainly wasn't based on merit. Right. Um, she and said it in a that. much cleverer way, but yeah. I can't recall the line now. But Yeah, oh, that actually, I think she repeated it and... Molly Ivins told the story as well. Right. And, you know, bor- That's right. born on third base and thought he hit a homer. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and not really aware that some folks are languishing on first and second base and don't even have that chance. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. So it was a really interesting kind of emergent conversation. Um, it's bubbled up before in Mm -hmm. the Agile community, Mm -hmm. but never quite to the extent that I saw it this year. And um, so that, it makes me hopeful. (laughs) Yeah, it makes me hopeful too that, that, that the women are talking about it as a group because I think there really has been for a certain demographic, you know, a lot of the younger women, not all of them, but a lot of them, wanted so badly to believe that you know there 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 was no 
sexism right. anymore. That was that was gone. Right. And they they the idea of you know right. Um, Identifying uh, as a feminist or talking right. about any of these issues, it was like, no, 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 no. That I just yeah. that made me depressed. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 glad to hear this, and I think what that suggests is that between now and next year's Agile conference, we need to do some um, so a little bit of research and find out really kind of what the state is. Um, uh, in the not only in the agile community, but maybe in the in the, the tech world, mm-hmm. um, in a, in a larger sense as well, and uh, that we need to do another presentation and discussion, mm-hmm. maybe less presenting and more more right. discussion um, at the next agile conference. I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah. So maybe to our listeners, if you can help us with this, if you've got some information or some people that you think we should talk to, um, we'll kind of start doing a little noodling around and um, see if we can't um, come up with something that would be, a, you know, a good a good uh, launch pad for a for a really honest dialogue about this. Please leave your comments on our blog or email us info at futureworksconsulting.com or find us on Twitter at FutureWKS. This has been episode one of season six of Partnerships and Possibilities. Thanks for listening.